Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi, this is Rick Mercer, you're listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Hey, it's Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 117 for Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? You having a great week? Everything lining up in your life exactly the way you want it to, huh? Nothing but sunshine and flowers? Who knows? Who knows? But I hope it is for you. Hope it's a fantastic week. If you're having a shitty week, hey, it's going to get better. I promise. I'm having a, a good day so far, recording a little bit earlier than I'm used to, at four o'clock, but earlier in the sense too that it's Monday, not Tuesday. Um, I got uh, I'm leaving tomorrow's a travel day for me. So uh it's not gonna be easy to record tomorrow and I don't wanna I don't wanna cram it in. So I'm doing it now. Monday. Have this up for you guys Wednesday. Um yeah, by the time you hear this, traveling is, is in my past, man. It's in the rear view. And my ass is in Toronto. Uh, not at the moment, of course, but by the time you hear it, it will be, oh, look at me putting timelines together. It's like watching Endgame, huh? What's where, but the time travel, how does it, I'll, I'll explain how, <laughs> no, I won't be talking about that at all. Don't you worry. I'm uh, heading to Toronto this week to chase my dreams. Here's the thing. I want to tell you guys just a little bit of info. I'm going to talk about a few different things. I don't have a lot of stories for you this week. I'm going to try to make it nice and short. Um, I mean, I'm writing down shit that I did, but obviously, you know, to myself, it's not even that that interesting. You know, I had a week, I worked, I did things, I did some prep, I got some work done, but uh, I'm not going to bore you guys with the details. Instead, I'm just going to tell you a couple things that uh, that I dealt with, and uh, and then that's it. But I want to start by saying, like, uh, chasing the dream. I want to I want to tell you guys that I I have a dog, spends almost all of his time at my mother's house just because uh, you know he's got another dog. He's got a big backyard. He's almost entirely her dog at this point, but. But I did have a dog who was living with me for uh, for a long time back when I was at my old place before I had roommates. That's another thing too. When I got, like, I live right on the, the corner of a, a busy street and a, a relatively busy avenue. And the thing is, my roommates, you know, they're not the most uh, attentive guys. I come home lots of times. The door is, I don't want to say wide open, but the door's open a foot, you know, and people are passed out in the house or whatever, falling asleep, whatever. Well, if my dog was here, you know, he would be out the front door and fucking get hit by a car in two seconds. And, um, so yeah, he's at my parents' house because, you know, when I first moved in here, I'd bring him over, but you know, he was basically just here while I slept. And then if the day I had to go run around and do stuff again, I'm not going to lock him in my, my room, you know, to make sure he doesn't get killed. So it just ended up working out that, uh, you know, he's better there. So I still spend some time with him, but, uh, but not as much as I'd like to. And, and at this point he's basically just there all the time. He's, he's their dog. So, um, but having said that his name is Chase. Um, chase my Jack Russell. And if anyone wants to see pictures of him, I'm happy to post them, but he's a great dog. Great personality, super smart, knows all sorts of tricks. Little fucking circus dog, just like wishbone. If anyone remembers that, I'm not going to go into it, but, um, I think I'll just fucking watch every time I move my hand, it's clacking against the desk. I'm sorry that you guys had to hear that one sec. 
Put my watch back on the charger. Oh, yeah. Okay, so his name is Chase. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. Some people buy dogs at pet stores and they go, oh, no, he's from a breeder. No, he's not. And I'm very sorry. Um, but breeders don't sell their dogs to pet stores. Also, if you buy, I may have said this before in the podcast, but, uh, if you get a dog uh, from a breeder and you can't see that I'm doing air quotes, but a breeder that lives in a city, uh, also not a breeder. Those dogs are definitely from a puppy mill. Um, and here's why, and I'm, and I'm referring predominantly to Ontario cities, but I'm pretty sure the laws are the same in a lot of major cities. So here's why, if you've ever bought a dog from a breeder, you've had to drive out of town to do it because in the city, I, I know this for sure in Ottawa, um, there's a three dog limit rule. You're not allowed to have more than three dogs to a house in the city. So if you're a breeder, you can't breed dogs in the city because then you would have more than three, most likely, unless you're talking about like you know, a bulldog, in which case when they get pregnant, they have one puppy and they have to have a cesarean section to get them out. In case you're wondering, why does it cost three grand for a bulldog? Uh, you get one and there's a lot of surgery involved in getting that fucking dog. So things like that, but litters where there's like eight dogs and, and a lot of breeders have a lot of dogs of their own, everything like that. The reason they have, you know, different, different, uh, bitches that they will breed at different times. So they don't just constantly get the same one pregnant over and over and over again. They will take turns getting their bitches pregnant and, and line up proper owners and do visits with the owners. The owners will come out to the kennels and see the dogs and see how they live and see how the breeders take care of them and everything like that. Um, all that goes into the breeding process. You know, if you're going to a breeder, you're going to see all that. And breeders live outside of the city because that's the only legal place you can have that many dogs. Um, somebody who's like, oh, I'm a breeder and they're in the house and you know, a house you know, not even in the suburbs. Right. And, uh, they're like, oh yeah, I got all these dogs and whatever. It's like, yeah, that's totally illegal. That's not a breeder. Um, you also, when you get a dog from a breeder, and I'm not trying to start this episode in case you're your first time onesie, like this is not a dog breeding podcast or whatever. But when I was young, I was involved in the, uh, the Ottawa kennel club. I was the president for a while, which I got, sorry, Ottawa junior kennel, kennel club for, for young people. I'll still get calls to this day. Cause my number still shows up in like dogs annual magazine. I don't know why I was, Basically my brother and I used to show one of our dogs. This wasn't even a big thing. It was just, we had a dog with something to do. Um, so we would like go to dog shows and our dog won all these different ribbons. He was a great, it was a well-bred dog. We got from a breeder outside of the city in a proper, you know, situation, but our dog won all sorts of ribbons. And I remember like they were having, it was basically like a thing for kids. Like, Hey, there's the kennel club, but then there's the junior one for the kiddos. Let's get them in early, you know, spend their dogs focus, their lives focus on dog shows. It was ridiculous. But one day they're like, oh, we need a new president. Who wants to be the president? And it was just a pot. Like my brother actually wanted it. My brother probably deserved it because he was wicked into it. I wasn't. But then you have fucking Josh, the performer. And, uh, you know, I was very competitive um, for attention. So, yeah, my, uh, you know, my brother should have been the Ottawa Junior Kennel Club president. But the night with the votes, and there was like five kids there, including my brother and I, um, we were just making a, a presentation for why we should be there. And I was, I was crushing it in terms of the funny and the char charisma, but actual desire to be it and whatnot. Uh, I didn't have, my brother did. Um, so it wasn't really fair to me, but we're talking like young kid shit. So, you know, I know my brother listens, Aaron, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I fucking dominated you. And that no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sorry for that. Anyways, my point being, is that I, I, my brother and I, my family have been involved in proper dog breeding techniques in terms of knowing what to look for in a breeder, knowing like, like, here's the thing too, is like a proper breeder 
is more interested in knowing that you're going to be educated on the dog, that you're going to give it a good home, that you're loving, you know, like when you go get a dog in the city from a puppy mill or a fucking pet store, they're like, yeah, you got 700 bucks or whatever the fucking price is. Oh, lucky for you, this dog's on sale this week. Oh, really? It's life is worth less this week. It's on sale, is it? You know what I mean? Oh, it's getting too big. Get the fuck out of here. You know, like that's not how it works. Breeders, proper breeders have waiting lists. You know what I mean? Every now and again, they've got a puppy that they didn't finish, you know, they didn't fill a litter of people for or whatever, or, or sometimes like that's the thing too, right? When you get, when you talk to a breeder, they're like, perfect. Are you looking for, you know, a male or a female? Are you looking for like, if you go to get Labradors, it's like, oh, do you want a, a black one, a chocolate one, a yellow one? Um, by the way, they don't call them golden labs. They call them yellow labs, you know, golden retrievers, yellow labs. Anyways, doesn't matter. Just dropping some dog knowledge on you, motherfuckers. Oh, this is turning into the fucking one dog podcast real quick. Anyways. Point being is that a proper breeder is going to be interested in the dog's welfare. You know, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure every dog that we've ever brought home from a breeder, like you can see the breeders, like, you know, they, they've cared for them for weeks as they were puppies. And they, you know, one, one of the dogs we brought home, the breeder was crying when we were leaving because she loves her animals. And she was, you know, even though she knows they're going to a good home and everything, you know, we've always gone back and visited our breeders too. Do you know what I mean? So like after, after we have, uh, you know, pick them up or whatever we have, we have, you know, rose them and then we'll, you know, six months a year, we'll, we'll send them a message seeing if they want to visit and we'll come out there with the dog and just show them how we're taking care of it. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, they, they, and they genuinely care. They're not like, yeah, get it out of here. You know, like I said, uh, pet stores, all that shit. They're not, they're not from a breeder, no matter what they say, please, for the love of God, don't buy your dogs there. Those are, those are puppy mill dogs and, and pet stores are, are reprehensible in their bullshit. Anyways, doesn't this rant is not all about that. Fuck. I was trying to talk about why I named my dog, but my point, what I'm getting at, I'm so sorry to keep saying that my point, my point, my phone's ringing and I, I haven't answered it. So I'm a little distracted. Um, if you get a dog from a breeder, uh, any reputable breeder is going to give you a pedigree. I'm sure you've heard of a pedigree. Well, a pedigree is your dog's lineage. Um, so, and they'll register your dog. You know, if your dog's not registered with the Canadian Kennel Club, the American Kennel Club, you know, like the, whatever country you're in, the, the, the United, I think it's the UKC, the United Kennel Club uh, over in Europe. Like that's part of getting a dog from reputable. They register your dog. Your dog is registered with the, the, you know, the federal kennel club, the, the, you know, so, um, but they will give you pedigree as your dog's lineage. It's your dog's family tree. So you see your dog, their, their parents, their parents, parents, it goes back a few generations. So you can follow the actual lineage of your dog to know exactly. So it's like you get a dog from a puppy mill breeder and they're like, oh, I'm a breeder. It's like, cool. Can I get a pedigree? They're like, oh no, we don't have that. No. Or we'll send it to you later or something like that. It's like, oh, bullshit. You, you can get the pedigree. The, I'll give you another good way to know whether or not you got a good breeder or not. Um, the parents are on site. Um, not always, because again, when you start talking about like dogs that are better quality, and I don't say better quality, but like champion breeds, what you're talking about is like, sometimes you'll have a champion bitch and then that breeder will contact a champion male, right. That have won like, you know, best in show or won ribbons to prove that, you know, their, their, their quality is high. You know, and they'll pay money and they'll, they'll go and get, you know, pop. It's funny. Like our breeders have told us with this, where they're like, they'll drive down to the States or whatever, meet, meet, uh, meet the other breeder with the male. It's like, they fuck, you know, <laughs> hold them upside down, make sure it coats the insides. Bleh. And, uh, they're like, all right, here you go. Here's cash. And, and, you know, here's your, your two champion parents, but, whatever. but again, that dog's name is going to be on that pre pedigree. You know what I mean? Like your puppies will have the, the champion male, the champion mother. You can go out and see, 
you know, what awards it's won and everything like that. Like you have a, a fucking lineage. You can actually track it back, you know? Any breeder's like, oh yeah. You're like, cool, is the mother or father here? It's like, oh no. It's like, why wouldn't you have the mother or father? You know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, it's so that one and that one. Cool, what are the names? Oh yeah, Steve and Bill. It's odd, odd. <laughs> Steve and Bill, they're both got boys' names? It's like, oh, we don't identify. Very progressive, very progressive people, not progressive breeders. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but you name your dog is what I was taking a very long way to get at. The pedigree, you name your dog. You don't just go, oh, Bill. Like I wanted my dog's name to be Chase, all right? Just because it represents, you know, kind of what I'm doing in stand-up or whatever. So basically your dog will have three names. Um, and then the 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 kennel or breeder's, you know, uh, um, name will be on it. So like, for example, my dog Chase came from Rivendell Kennels, right? The Jack Russell Terriers, Rivendell's Jack Russell Terriers. So his name, because he's from that, that, that kennel, uh, his name is, uh, Rivendell's chase the dream. That's his name, uh, you know, through the, the, you know, American kennel club or whatever Canadian kennel club. That's his, that's his name there. He is Rivendell's chase the dream. And then he's got his parents, uh, names and everything. Rivendell's blah, blah, blah. And so-and-so's whatever, like they're all there. Anyways, that's a pedigree. So Chase's name is officially, you know, sub Rivendell's chase the dream. Um, and I called him that, of course, because because uh, me and stand up and whatever. Oh, it's so adorable. But the funny thing is, like, people always say that I, I wanted my license plate to be that. They're actually it's road comic right now, but I tried to get like chase, chase it, chasing shit like that. And none of them are available. But uh, anyways, my chase dog, uh, that's his name, and it's kind of funny too because I always like laugh that I'm like oh, I'm chasing my dream, but I'm not. I'm not chasing it. I am. I'm slowly walking after it. <laughs> my, my chasing my dream. Like I said, that's what I'm doing in Toronto this uh, next two weeks. I'll be, I'll be doing a ton of shows. Absolutely. I'll talk about that later, but, uh, my ass, look at that 12 minutes on dog talk. That's hilarious to me. Um, so yeah, uh, chasing the dream, but I'm not chasing it. Just slowly walking after it. You know what I mean? I hope that it takes breaks and maybe gives me an opportunity. To get you know what, you know what my chasing the dream is like? My chasing the dream is like the movie It Follows. I am just slowly walking after my dream, hoping that I can get close enough on it to pounce it and get it. Oh yeah. And with that said, that's a really long talk about dog naming, eh? Well, but I hope I hope I taught you something about dogs. I hope you're interested. Hope you learned something. I know a lot of I got a lot of people who are dog lovers and a lot of people who fancy themselves having purchased their dogs from breeders, though I know it's not about hurting someone. It's just just knowing that like Breeders give a fuck about the dogs. Pet shops and puppy mills don't. And don't get me wrong, guys. You walk into a pet store, you're going to see cute puppies. Puppies are cute, but they grow up. And they, dogs will have health problems, hip dysplasia, runny eyes, uh, you know, if they come from breasts. So yeah, it's not that they're not cute, you know? It's just that, you know, to, to buy them from those sources only encourages them to do more. You know, if, if people weren't buying dogs from pet stores and from shitty breeders, they wouldn't have people breeding them just to, to get hundreds of bucks out of nowhere. Oh, uh, what is it? Oh, it's a shepherd lab mix. Oh, really? You're a breeder that breeds mixes. I get the people. That's another reason to get your, your pets neutered or spayed. I know it seems cruel. It's funny to me, to me, because apparently one of the reasons that people don't do that, at least males don't get their dogs neutered because they feel like somehow doing that to the dog emasculates themselves. So they just, they just, no, I'm not getting my dog's ball shop up. Well, you're a fucking idiot then. Cause all you're doing is potentially creating new puppies and new dogs that won't have homes because you know, a people just can't sell them or get them or, and people get dogs. So here's the thing too. Like I'll give you, I'll give you one more thing and then I'll get off the goddamn dog, dog topic. Um, 
All right. I had to hit pause, so I don't know exactly where the flow is of that sentence. But what I was getting at was uh, a lot of breeders will have a policy, especially the the breeder that got chased from has this policy that um, she does not uh, give dogs, like she doesn't breed dogs during the holiday season. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd say Christmas, but you know what I mean? Just so I'm not being a fucking polar. Oh, just Christmas. No, that's during the holiday season. The reason is to avoid impulse buying. So again, part of making sure that your dog goes to a good home is not like, um, oh, let's, oh, Hey, it's Christmas time. Oh, you know, be cute to unwrap on Christmas is like a puppy. And it's like, yeah, but you're a lot of people are thinking like the short term, like, oh, how funny would it be? Or how cute would it be to unwrap a puppy at Christmas and little bow on its head? And oh my God, it's so adorable. It's like, yeah, but puppies grow up and are you going to give a fuck? And is the person you're giving it to? Like, I remember, um, I, I, this pissed me off big time, but I was, uh, I was working, uh, an event, uh, for PlayStation in a mall and there was a pet store in the mall and there was this like, oh, how do I say it? Non-judgmentally. I can't, I can't just, just know I'm, I, I hate her as a person. That's why not because I'm just like being judgmental, but I also hate her as a person and hate and the, and I hate the guy. So, <laughs> There was this older gentleman, I would say probably fifties, still looked relatively young, wearing a hat, short sleeve shirt, young. And then he had this like trophy wife, plastic fucking big fake tits and a small tank top, big fucking lips, you know, uh, what do you call them? Collagen injection or whatever. Like not Botox. Anyways, whatever. Just, uh, just a fucking little trophy. Oh my God. They're just walking through and. And it was like, she's like, I want an ice cream. And like, they walk over to the ice cream thing. And then when they're done there, she's like walking by. She's like, oh my God. Walks by the pet store. She's like, oh my God. Look at the puppies. Oh baby, buy me a puppy. And I'm like, and then they walk into the pet store. They walk into the pet store and I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I'm still standing at my, at my, at the demo we were running. And I swear to God, they come out of there like 10 minutes later. So like you'd have to find an employee, get the dog, sign the paperwork, give the money. They walk out of there with a box. Okay. Not like a dog in their arms, but like a box. And she's like, thanks baby. Oh, I love him so much. I'm going to call. I'm like, like that's the, that there's no way. Like that was the biggest impulse fucking buy. Oh my God. Buy you one baby. And then in. And it comes out in a box. That's how you know the fucking, I have never left a breeder's place with a dog in a box. You know what I mean? And we're not talking about gift box. We're talking like, ah, it's like, we got, we got, uh, we got to empty the fucking fish food box. Yeah. Take the fish food out of the box. We'll put the dog in the box. Put him in the box. You guys want, uh, you guys want a bag for him? I can put him in a bag. All right. No, no, no. They want the box. Take the fish food out. Take the fish food out. Yeah, it's big enough. Who gives a fuck? He doesn't, it's only going to be in the ride home. He doesn't need to be able to breathe in there. It's fucking the box is cracked. It's not taped shut. He can fucking breathe. There's air in the box. Perfect. Uh, do you guys have your savings card? Can we just uh, get your savings card? Perfect. Um, no, I, I hate that shit. I fucking hate that shit. And again, good breeders, like this is, the, like I said, they, they didn't have time to ask them, like, hey, what kind of lifestyle do you live or anything like that? That's why breeders want to meet and talk to you first. They want to know what your lifestyle is because if your lifestyle doesn't meet the dogs, you know, then like, here's the thing too. Like, uh, just as a small example, great Danes, huge dogs, right? Scooby-Doo is a great Dane. Great Danes are big dogs. Um, but what some people might not know is that, uh, they're not, um, they're not active dogs. They're big couch potatoes. They'll go out and walk, but they're not going to fucking, they're not going to hike up a mountain with you. They're going to be fucking exhausted in no time, you know? So that's the thing, right? If someone's like, oh, I'm active and I want a nice big dog that can stay active with me. It's not a pony. Okay. Size of a pony. 
but it's not a pony. It's it's a couch potato. If you if you're a lazy person, you want a big dog, get a fucking Great Dane. It's going to be more than happy to just hang out with you all the time. But at the same time, you get a small dog like a Jack Russell. It's not like smaller means less exercise. Some dogs are small and they can't move. Look at fucking basset hounds and wiener dogs. Those things are fucking, we, we, you know, those things are like, bleh, bleh. um, that was, it was hilarious. I think, uh, John Caparulo had a joke about his basset hound Barney. He's like, he's like a fucking rug with feet. <laughs> he's laying around all the time. But, uh, that's all I'm saying is like, like breeders want to know if your lifestyle will, will deal with it. They're going to make sure the same, they're going to, they're going to give you, you know, every, every dog I've ever come home with, the breeder has given us like a blanket that smells like their mom and the other, the other litter mates. So they have something that's comforting to them when they, when they come home to the new family, they, they give you a toy that they play with and things like that. Like it's, oh fuck. There's no, there's no harder soul in, in the pet shops or the, the puppy mills. Anyways, I get off my goddamn soapbox. All right. But th- that's another thing that good breeders will do is they will not sell dogs at Christmas time just to completely avoid people getting them impulsively as a gift instead of just like, oh, no, it's something we put serious thought into. All of that makes a good breeder. 50% of you people that I know with dogs did not do that. Um, yet you're convinced that you bought your dog from a breeder. Uh, I won't name names, but I know who you are. And after me telling you all of this, you know who you are now, too. I hope. What a horrible thing to do. I'm, I'm sorry to take hope away from you guys. I'm just saying like, like, and I'm not saying that every dog that comes from that is like an awful dog. Dog, dog doesn't fucking know where it's born. You know what I mean? Which is another reason why we don't hate human beings. Nobody has to be born where they were. They're just there and they're doing the best they can. But yeah, my, my point is don't do that. Okay. Next dog, do a little bit of research, you know, spend a little bit of extra money to know that the dog's coming from a good place that, you know, you're going to get the right thing. Ah, whatever. Fuck. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Chase the dream guys. Chase the dream. <laughs> Um, so what else is going on? I've done, uh, done a couple of games nights with some friends lately. That's been fun. Um, some with Crystal and the kiddos, uh, Nick and, uh, Nick and Jess, I think my buddy Mikey came over. I did one with mom, Jay and Colin. I'm in, I'm enjoying playing games, guys. Being a little social, having a, you know, a couple of wobbly pops and, uh, yeah, that's been great. Um, what else? I mean, this, I can make this a nice, nice fucking short one. I really want that considering I have so much shit to do to get ready for my Toronto trip. Oh, speaking of that, um, I'm, uh, I'm going to try something new. Um, I haven't been to the gym in a little bit. Um, still been trying to keep an eye on what I'm eating, but you know what? Like I'm doing a lot of barbecuing and stuff like that with, with friends and family members, not horrendously disgusting, but I did, I did like a, an activation this last weekend and I went to a place that had like really good subs. Uh, it's a chain. I'm not naming them. Cause what they didn't pay. Um, but, uh, no, I went there for lunch twice. Cause where I was working was right next to what I'd heard good things had never been before, but both days I was doing my thing. I, uh, I went over there and I had lunch. Um, and I think, uh, I think Crystal and I went for, we went for like a walk one night, which is good. Burned some calories, went for a nice long walk and then, and then grabbed, uh, we did like a pasta, pasta meal at, at uh, you know, a place we're trying to think of like, what do we want to eat in this area? We're going to like walk to dinner. And there's nothing around that was, everything was heavy. It's like, ah, oh, burger joints, pasta places, shawarmas, you know, pizza. It's like, ugh, we can't win. It's like, you want to go to Subway? I'm like, no, I don't want to, like, if we're going to go out to dinner, you know, I'd rather something heavy and it's nice than, than, you know, go have some fucking sand. I don't know. We weren't negative about it, but just, we, we both agreed. Anyways. So I've been eating, not the greatest portions aren't insane, but just still not eating the greatest. Um, so I'm just, I need to get back on track with that. So this is my commitment. This is not like, I'm going to try to, no, this is my absolute commitment. So I tend to buy a lot of, uh, good things 
and just never make them. So I've got like all sorts of soups and canned like beans and um, like black beans and, and canned chickpeas where I'm like, oh, I'm going to make my own hummus at home and I'm going to, I'm going to snack on healthier stuff. And then what happens? I'm running around and I end up just being lazy and going, oh, fuck, I'm hungry. And I'm going to be home for an hour just, and then get something out. Right. We, we can all fall into that trap. So this was my, my thing. I actually spent some time in my activation writing down, um, every meal that I'm going to be having while I'm in Toronto. So I get fed at the club, uh, in the evenings, but sometimes it doesn't happen until like, you know, nine or 10 o'clock at night. So I have committed to three, three small meals a day. Um, I'm going to do breakfast, lunch, and, and, a, and a quick dinner, I think around like five. So something small to eat and just in case, you know, I don't get a, a full meal until later on, I got a little something in my stomach to keep me from, you know, buying fast food or getting absolute garbage when I'm at the club. So, um, there's also some days where I'm going to be doing some activations. I'm going to be going to visit some friends. I'm going to have commitments that are completely skip a meal. I took those, those meals off of the list. So. Um, I made a meal plan for the two weeks that I'm in Toronto. So like my breakfast is going to be, you know, oatmeal or yogurt and granola or, uh, some cereal cups that I bought with almond milk. Um, I have already portioned and packed that. So like, I've got these big bag of steel cut oats, put them into sandwich bags with some of the Quaker packages just to mix it up. So it's not just all the sugar oatmeal from Quaker. So it's kind of like diluted with actually good steel cut stuff, but it's energy. So you know, that's what I'm going to be doing for, for breakfast. I'm going to try, I'm going to set an alarm and make sure that I'm eating breakfast at eight o'clock every day. Um, number two, I'm going to hit the gym. There's a gym right at the corner of where I'm staying in Toronto, right down the street from the condo. So I'm going to try to get in a routine of up oatmeal or yogurt or whatever in my stomach, walk down to the gym, hit the gym, come back. I'd like to be back for like 10 o'clock every day. Um, just cause sometimes I fuck around at the gym or I'll, I'll get chatting or I'll get to doing something in between whatever. So, um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I get my food gym back. I'm going to work on some shit until noon and then I'm going to make a lunch. My lunches consist of, I've got some, uh, what do you call it? Um, come on brain, uh, like chick, I got some like healthy choice, uh, name drop healthy choice, uh, chicken noodle soup. I got some healthy choice chicken and rice soup. So, um, I've also got sweet potato soup and I got some lentil soups. So I'm going to try to do like a soup at lunchtime, just boom, crush a can of soup. And, uh, and again, that'll be my lunch. And then five o'clock rolls around. I've got, I've got a few other things besides that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, uh, I, not everything I'm bringing is absolutely fantastic, but I like, for example, I have one of these things in the freezer downstairs. It's a, like a, a little frozen lasagna. It's small. It's a personal size and the calories are under 500, but I'm going to bring that. So that's a meal I'm going to throw in, you know, for like five o'clock, boom, crush it, stay under 500 calories for the meal and then get to the club. So my, my calories are gonna be low. I got these, uh, like chicken rice, veggie bag things at Costco puncture a few holes in the microwave for three minutes, very small portion, but it's, it's something or something. So I'm going to try to fuel up consistently at the same time every day. The only thing I'm tr quote unquote, try is the whole, like if I go out in the morning and get some shit done, I'm trying to do like, I got to fit so much stuff in, but I'm going to try to actually create a routine and it's going to be easier for me to do because I'm not at home. So I don't have a bunch of other things in my face that are distracting me. So I'm going to try to like every day, get up eight o'clock meal, then gym, come back. Then I do whatever the fuck I want. I'm home at my shower. I can, you know, work or read or whatever till noon when I make my food. Okay. Noon food time consistent. Then I got that gap in the afternoon, which I'm going to try to fill with some podcasts with friends and other colleagues and shit like that. I'm already reaching out, getting responses. So I'm going to try to do some bonus episodes while I'm there. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. And, uh, and then, you know, if I'm not doing that, I'm going to, I know there's a couple places I want to hit up. 
while I'm there, uh, do some visiting or whatever. So I'm looking forward to setting that up, but the meal plan is all part of that. Be back for five, make my meal, shower, get ready, nap, whatever it is I need to do. Oh, naps are the best. I'm getting old because I nap now. And you know what? Don't do it often, but I'll tell you, if you're doing a lot in a day, you can start to feel like, fuck, am I retired? And it's going to be a long night, right? I'm doing shows till like midnight some nights. So I, I want to, uh, want to get a good thing to my day, work hard, go to the gym, eat right all day, come back, have a nap, right? Or even do pod, like I said, doing podcasts and shit, whatever. Point being, get to the club, order my meal. And I'm going to try to do good with the meals too, is I'm not going to go in there and be like, all right, I'll have a fucking uh, sloppy Joe's and like, not that they sell that, but you know what I mean, right? I'll have a meatball sandwich with a poutine, like, and just put, ruin everything you've done all day at the end of the night. No, I'm going to try to do like you know, grilled chicken sandwiches, you know, with uh, you know, house salad with balsamic, that kind of thing. So it's not going to be as healthy as everything else I ate, but it's still not going to be like, I'll have poutine on top of a burger with cheese and bacon. You, you, you feel me. You guys feel me. You're not stupid. You get what I'm saying. So that's my commitment. A few days I have shit I'm doing. I'm going to have a couple travel days in there and, and stuff where I'm not going to be able to eat the lunch or whatever. But basically whenever I'm free during those times, that's when I'm eating the, the shit. And if I'm out and about and I take too long, well, then I'll eat when I get back. No fast food. That's my commitment to myself unless, and I'm trying really not to let this creep its way in, but if I'm doing something with somebody and they want me to bring some food or, you know, if I have a friend who's like, Hey, we should get together. I don't have time for the podcast, but let's grab breakfast or something. Like I, I could, I could do that. That all, that all bend for, but it's like purely, you know, extenuating circumstances. But my goal is to not have that happen. In fact, I'm going to share with the people like, Hey, I'm trying not to, to do this or whatever. So, you know, anyways, um, having said that, they got the two weeks meal plans done on, uh, Monday. So after the first week, I'm going to be hanging out with my pal red in London, Ontario. Red has co-hosted the podcast me before and is a regular contributor with emails and things like that. So, um, I'm going to drive down to London. I'm going to spend the, uh, the afternoon evening with her and her husband, John, uh, and then red's going to record, uh, the next week's podcast. So episode 118 will be, uh, myself and Vanessa. So that's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to seeing my pal, uh, you know, hanging out with her. Rad, you're listening to this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's gonna be fun guys. I'm looking forward to that. And her husband's a chef. So I'm hoping he done cook us up something nice. I'm going to bring a nice bottle of wine to contribute to the lovely meal that I hope we're going to have. No peppers, no onions, no tomatoes. Gross. Um, it's funny. You know what? I want to address that. Why didn't I think of that? Crystal and I talked about that yesterday. Um, I'm sure some of you guys know, uh, I'm just writing this down here so I don't forget. I'm sure some of you guys know someone who doesn't like certain things. There's some people who are like insanely picky eaters. And I get that. I have, I have been that in my lifetime, but, um, you know, some people are like, Oh, you don't like vegetables. Um, fuck you <laughs> just for starters. Here's the thing that here's the thing. Everyone's like, well, will you eat like Crystal was asking me yesterday. And it's funny. Cause she's, you know, she's known me for an incredibly long time. And we were, you know, we we're a couple for a very, very long time. So it's funny. Yesterday she's like, she's like, do you like, do you like carrots? And I'm like, yeah, I fucking like carrots. There's no, I like, I, and, and this is when I sort of discussed this for the first time. I discussed it with her, just brought it up. Here's the thing. I fucking hate tomatoes. Yes. I will eat tomato sauce and everything like that, but I don't like, I don't like the texture of tomatoes. I've talked about this with you guys before. I don't like the texture of them. I can't, I don't like peppers, um, especially green peppers, green pepper. Like I don't, I don't hate the taste. I'm not a big fan of the texture, the leather and that styrofoamy shit on the inside, occasional seeds. I don't like that. Um, so it's the texture of, I don't like the texture of mushrooms. I don't like the texture of 
peppers and I don't like the texture. Yeah, I, I guess mushrooms aren't aren't really vegetables, but that's one thing that people put in veggie shit is mushrooms. I don't like the texture of mushrooms. So here's here's my thing. This is a pretty fucking simple thing for me. Don't like tomatoes. Um, I will buy salsas and then I will put them in my Vitamix to puree them more than they already are. If they've got big, thick chunks of shit. I don't like spaghetti sauces where it's big, thick chunks of tomato. Maybe some people like that. Not this motherfucker. Um, you know, so I, I'm not a tomato fan. I don't mind the taste. hate the texture, so I have to puree it so it's not lumpy, chunky shit, okay? Um, I don't dig peppers. Uh, green peppers give me insane acid reflux, so they're not even worth eating to me. Um, and then the other peppers, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the texture. I hate, I've eaten peppers before. I've had salsas and shit. I will eat it. I just don't like it. And the, and the green peppers salsa, I have to, whatever. So tomatoes, peppers, I hate fucking fungus. All right. I don't like mushrooms. I don't like the texture of it. They don't really have any taste to me, but, and then when you get it and you're chewing it, it's just like, ugh. I don't like, it. it's like chewing a slug's nutsack. I don't, I don't like to mushrooms and then onions. Um, I don't hate onions. I put chopped onions on my hot dogs and stuff. I like raw onions better. You know what I mean? Again, like in a salsa or something like that. I don't hate them when they're chopped up, but some people, when you make stir fries and stuff, they will put big chunks of onion cooked. I don't, again, I don't dig the texture of a cooked onion. It's sort of slimy, whatever. It's like, uh, it's like if you have onion rings, you know what I mean? Like sometimes if the onion is small enough in the onion ring, it's fine, but then you'll get an onion ring and it's like, I swear to God, it's the size it's like a square centimeter or uh, you know, a square quarter, you know, half inch, whatever for American listeners. It's like a square centimeter of onion and then it's bread. It's just like, that's just too much onion. Then you bite it, you pull the whole onion. And you're like, Ugh. I don't know. What I'm getting at is some of you people um, will be like, oh, you don't like vegetables because well, every time I make something, you're like, oh, the veggies. Here's the thing. There's like four of the thousands of vegetables that are out there. There's four I don't like. Here's the problem tomatoes, peppers, onions, and then, you know, like the, the why of the group mushrooms, right? Like the, you know, why is sometimes a vowel, right? The, the sometimes vegetable of mushrooms. Those are like the four biggest ones that people put in shit. So it's not that I hate vegetables. I love lots of vegetables, lots and lots of vegetables. I don't like those four. I don't like the fucking Mount Rushmore. That's what they are. They're the Mount fucking Rushmore of Mushmore. They are mush, mushy, grossy, gross fucking shit. I hate it. All right. I'm not losing my shit red in the face. You look like a tomato. You fucking, uh, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't like the Mount Rushmore of vegetables, tomatoes, onions, peppers, mushrooms, get the fuck off my plate. Get the fuck out of my life. All right. I, I, I wouldn't miss them if they were gone. Maybe tomatoes, but even this is like, why ketchup. No, it's mostly corn syrup and flavoring, right? Barely any tomato in it. I should find out what the main ingredient is. More main ingredient, I'm pretty sure, is fucking corn syrup. But anyways, that's what that's what I'm saying. When someone's like, oh, you don't like vegetables, you're a pick eater. No, I don't like the main four. So every time you make something and those fuckers go in it, yes, I'm going to say, can, yeah, can I get it without that? Because those are the ones that enter in everything. Brussels sprouts I love. Asparagus I love. Lettuce, cucumbers, celery, carrots, corn, peas, broccoli, cauliflower. Bring it to daddy. I'm trying to think of so many more eggplant. I fucking love, you know, there's so many vegetables that I absolutely, absolutely adore beans. Oh, love them. Snow peas. What else is there? There's so many, I mean, I'm running out of them quick. You know what? You know what'd be fun? Just for fun. Just for fun to set the record straight. Extra, extra. This just in Josh Williams is not the vegetable hater. He was claimed to be. Um, okay. Let me see here. Just, just playing with the emojis. 
I know you guys don't give a fuck, but I'm I'm here to I'm here to clear my goddamn name. You understand me? I am not a veggie hater. But again, you look at salads, what do people do? Onions, tomatoes, peppers. Not a picky eater. Just don't like those four. All right, what do you got for veggies? Oh, avocado. I love it. Right? What else we got? Uh, I already said cucumbers. Sweet potatoes, amazing. Potatoes, those are vegetables. I mean, uh, or are they? Are they? Um, well, that was that was a quick run. I, I named most of the ones here, but look, tomatoes. You know what doesn't make like, like chili peppers made the list here, but they don't have onions on the apple emojis. There's no onions. There's no mushrooms. There's no. Uh, is there mushrooms? Maybe they put them in the fucking fungus section of the emojis, huh? Because they're disgusting. They're not a vegetable. Get the fuck off my plate. Yeah, tomatoes. Yeah, eggplant. Yeah. So okay, you want to know? You want to know? Do I hate vegetables? Let's go through the fucking list of what they have here. First vegetable in the list: tomato. Eh, not interested in that one. Eggplant. Ding ding ding. Avocado. Ding ding ding. Broccoli. Ding ding ding. Lettuce. Ding ding ding. Cucumbers. Ding ding ding. Even chili peppers. Yes, I will fuck with some chili peppers. Ding 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 ding. Corn. A hundred percent. Carrots. Yup. To potatoes, yup. Sweet potatoes, yup. You know what? You know what? Got a nope. One of all those vegetables. So, if you were marking me on a fucking test and I got one out of like twelve wrong, that wouldn't be like, nah, you failed this test because you don't like fucking the Tom Brady of uh, vegetables. Fuck that shit. Okay. So to set the record straight, once and for all, extra extra newsreel. We'll bring you back to your regularly scheduled program shortly. Josh Williams does not hate vegetables. He merely hates. The fucking popular ones. I'm like the hipster of vegetable liking, all right? I don't like your mainstream shit, all right? You fucking Backstreet Boys and Ariana Grande, mushroom, pepper, tomatoes, onions. Fuck all that. I'm underground, bitch. I'm like, <laughs> like, except kale. Kale can go fuck itself. Kale's, kale's gaining popularity. I'm trying to think of something like kale's like. I'm losing a lot of time to this goddamn argument, but I don't give a fuck. I'm sick of being told I don't like vegetables. Yes, I do, motherfucker. Get a little creative with that shit. All right? Goddamn, whoops. <laughs> Sorry, just trying to clean the dust off my uh, my pop filter here. Um, all right, I, I, I feel like I can move on. I can let it go. Soul, soul like a dove, my hatred of vegetables. Just the main four. What would be a good example? Really, I'm not gonna be able to let it go until I come up with uh, with something that's like the underground. What is kale? I feel like, I don't think, I think, what's his face? Ed Sheeran's too mainstream. So who's somebody who's like fucking underground? It's like gaining mad popularity, but like wants to stay underground. The Bernie Sanders? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bernie Sanders is the kale of vegetables. You got fucking Trump and Hillary and all the annoying ones that are like the tomatoes and mushrooms. She's, I think Hillary's got to be the mushroom because she's gross, squishy. She's a fucking grows at a shit. She's a horrible person. Trump's the fucking stupid red tomato. Got the leather skin on the outside and probably sloppy styrofoamy, sludgy gooey shit on the inside. That's too far, too far into the, the metaphorical reach. All right. I am done moving on, moving on. Um, I've been watching orange is the new black new season. Uh, it's gotten quite heavy. Um, I'm not saying it's fantastic or anything. There's like, you can see that show is definitely, definitely really pointed towards the female demographic. I really like the show at first and it's fascinating, but there's so many like stupid little, like, like hashtaggy terms that they use in it. Um, and not like the mainstream ones, but just like little ones. There's, the show is being very, very heavy. And that what I find is like, 
it's not, they haven't completely turned into a joke. Like they had a few seasons back, like there, there's some pretty serious shit in there, but I think that, you know, and I like that they're trying to give you an idea, like to actually really have some empathy for some of the situations, but then they'll put some of their stupid humor in it and it completely takes it away. It's not as bad as it was before, but like, all right, if you're going to go heavy and serious, just own it. Just, just walk that course. Don't try to like, be like, okay, we're going to have a little levity. No, there's not really a lot of funny shit going on. And, and to put it in there really just negates what you're doing with the the heavy feel. Um, but it's interesting. It's the final season. I'm going to keep watching it. I'm more than halfway through. Um, I found some stuff like I, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything, but there was a few things I'm like, okay, I don't really know what happened there. Um, but yeah. So anyone who hasn't watched orange is the new black, it's a pretty decent show. Um, you might, they might lose you. Like they lost me for a bit. There was a time where like, if it came out, I would watch the new season. It was great. And then it was like, all right, well, I, it lost me. I think it was like the fifth, fourth or fifth season was really like, no, nah, I, I just, the whole thing is stupid now. Um, but I, whatever, it's a good show. Uh, good on them. And, uh, yeah, whatever. Well, almost, almost didn't even need to say that to be totally honest with you. Um, I did my demos, told you guys about that. It's not really anything fascinating. So I won't waste your fucking time. Um, yeah, we're going to record with Matt. I talk about pottery. Oh, guys, I think, uh, I think I'm done. I think I'm fucking done. I, uh, nothing else to talk about right now. So I'll tell you more about the other shit as it comes up. But for now it is time for my partners at portablepress.com. Uncle John's bathroom reader. <laughs> And this one, nice and easy. It's from Uncle John's Bathroom Raider. The very first one in the 80s. So I picked, uh, just for fun, uh, keep things a little more engaging. I'm actually, there's a page on this one where there's some brain teasers. You don't really get this from Uncle John's Bathroom Readers, at least nowadays. But the very first one decided to give you a few little uh, head scratchers. The answers I will share with you next week, if I remember. Better hope I remember. Um, so brain teasers, we've included a few simple logic problems in the book for obvious reasons. They don't require heavy math or a pencil and paper answers are on page 223. Well, they're on my phone. So when I'm in Toronto, I can just share them with you guys in the next episode. My uncle Gordon is quite absent-minded. One day I ran into him on the street. He was mumbling to himself and seemed quite perplexed. What's the matter, uncle Gordon? I asked, Hmm. Oh, it's you nephew. I was trying to figure out what day today is. Well, that's easy enough. I replied a little relieved that it wasn't anything serious. Today is uncle Gordon cut me off. Now I know that the day before the day after tomorrow will be Saturday and the day after the day before yesterday was Thursday, but what is today? Can you help him? That's the first one. Second one, uncle Gordon and I were sitting on a park bench together. I was reading a book and Gordon was reading the newspaper. Well, well, he mused. Here's a little poem. I don't understand. And he recited it a box without hinges key or lid yet golden treasure inside is hid it's a riddle i explained but what's the answer he demanded do you know that was the second one and the last one uncle gordon was puzzled by a math problem if one car starts from new york at 11 a.m and travels 55 miles per hour and another car starts from boston at 1 p.m and travels 60 miles per hour which car will be near new york when they meet but uncle gordon i ch i chided him Chided him? Is that a word? C-H-I-D-E-D? -E -D? Uh, let's find out. We're not missing anything. I didn't go away from it. Hey, Siri, what does chided mean? Chide means scold or rebuke. Scold or rebuke. Hmm, not necessary. So yeah, what? Uh, which car will be near New York when they meet? But Uncle Gordon, I chided him. That's easy. You know the answer, of course. 
So that was the three brain teasers, guys. A nice, quick, little, easy one for you. The first beer can was used by Kruger Beer and introduced in 1935. There you go. That's a little running feed at the bottom. So I will give you guys the answers to that one. There's three of them here. First one is what day for Uncle Gordon? What's the answer to the riddle? And finally, which car will be nearer New York when they meet? Um, Next week, I'll have the answers for you guys. Nice little simple, easy one. Huh? After all that talk about fucking vegetables and dogs. Um... You know, I keep it nice and simple for you. Absolute comedy guys, of course, are my partners. <coughs> awesome. Nice little way to choke myself up there. Um, I gotta say, I'm having a fucking blast, guys. It's a fun episode. Just for me, ranting away at, at shit. And I wasn't even, uh, I didn't even know I was gonna be getting mad about vegetables, but uh, here we are. Um, What was I gonna say? Another thing I don't like about uh that's the thing too, like lasagna. Things like that, when you hate chunks of tomatoes and peppers and onions and mushrooms... That's a thing, like there's stuff, there's food that I absolutely love when it's done a certain way. Like I love lasagna. It is good. Uh, you know, not to the extent that Garfield does, but I do really enjoy lasagna. However, some people are like, oh, I made a lasagna. You're like, oh, great. And then you get it and they're like, eh, I put, eh, I just added mushrooms and peppers. And you're like, Ugh, it ruins it. Herbert's disgusting. Disgusting. I know some of you guys, are, here's the funny thing. I know Mika listens. His wife, uh, Mel is very fantastic and sweet. Uh, I don't know if she listens anymore. So I don't know. Again, this is not to hurt anybody, but it's so funny. They like invited us over for breakfast one time. <laughs> and it was like, they made this amazing, amazing, uh, like breakfast casserole, you know, like eggs and all this shit. Makes it, and they put peppers in it. It was like, Argh! and then I think they made something else and they're like, <laughs> peppers they put green peppers in shit that shouldn't have green peppers i'm almost like guys you put all this effort and put and put poison i wonder if i just told my head like if i told them i had a gluten intolerance if they would just put croutons in everything oh shit is that is that what would you have i'm just fucking with them i i appreciate it i bust their i bust their balls about it now it's i i i I hope I don't come across as ungrateful because I appreciate anyone who's willing to take the time and effort to cook for me. But at the same time, if I can't eat it, cause it's going to destroy my insides. It's just, it's just funny. Like my mom knows I hate tomatoes, onions and mushrooms and will consistent, consistently offer me shit that has that stuff in them. I'm like, mom, I fucking, ugh. I hate those vegetables so much. I hate them so much. Again, raw, raw onions. I can handle. I'll put raw onions on shit. You know, I like the crunch of a raw fucking onion. I put it on my fucking sandwiches, right? Hey, Subway sandwich artist, put the, put that red onion on there. Yeah. Delicious. You cook that shit. You put it in my lasagna, right? Ugh. Ugh. All right. What was I talking about? Absolute comedy guys. Absolute comedy. I'm there for the next two weeks. All right. So you're listening to this. If you were in the Toronto area, come see me. This week is the finals of the prove you're a comic competition. I'm going to go over this real quick with you guys. All right. Um, I've described it before on previous episodes. I just want you to understand how important this is as a young comic doing free spots at open mics and, and signing up for things and just doing stage time for free, honing this, this talent, not knowing really if you're ever going to make it, or even if what you have is anyone would ever pay for. Um, these are the, the shitty gigs that, you know, music, uh, music, music groups, bands will do, you know? You keep doing it for free until someone's willing to pay you. Well, this prove your comic competition. All of these people have been seen by the owner of absolute comedy, stupid fucking fuck face, Jason. And I'm joking, but, but they've been seen by Jason, um, in the initial stages. Um, now they are performing their, you know, seven minute sets, which is a lot of these people. That's all they have. They've only worked on enough material to, and honed it and made it good. So they could put it in front of a club and be like, Hey, you want to, want to book me? Well, 
they're they're going to be competing. All right, every single night this week, so Wednesday through Sunday. All right, audience votes. Every single night they are performing. They're in different orders to make it fair, so they're not all in the same order. Um, and just the reason for that is that like whoever's seen first, well, the audience votes after they've seen all five. You know what I mean? So obviously the person who went first is the least fresh in the audience's mind. Whoever was just just in front of them, literally thirty seconds before they vote. You know, it, it makes effects. So we do, we switch it around, but of course the strength is all there, and they don't just vote for who is their favorite. They actually organize them and rank them first through fifth. So who's your first, second, third, fourth, and fifth favorite? So that that's a really interesting process because you can see, and then we basically get the average scores, find out how people placed over the whole course. Not, not like, Hey, tonight your winner was this person. It was like, this person was first, second, third, and then they don't announce fourth and fifth, just so you don't know who came in dead last. But the whole idea is after a full week, whoever scored the highest consistently every night of the week with audience members, we're talking over a thousand people have seen these people and voted for them to give a proper idea. This is not something like one person goes, well, that's my kind of comedy. That's the guy. The audience has spoken as a whole. So, you know, to the general public, this person is the absolute favorite. That person will win $500 grand prize, but they also win a weekend of shows at the Ottawa, Toronto, and Kingston club. And, uh, yours truly is hosting, uh, the entire final. So I will be there every night. I'm going to see these people doing set after set after set, watching them grow. I'm going to try to help. I'm, I, the thing is I want to stay neutral. I'm, I'm not going to pick one, but if any of them have questions or want, you know, advice or tactics, I'd be more than happy to help them out. But I'm really looking forward because this is huge for a comic to be able to get weekend spots takes forever because everybody wants them. And, and especially in a city like Toronto, where you have huge heavy hitter headliners that want to come in and just do the little five minute weekend spots. So for a young comic where there's thousands of open micers and up and coming comics, that want one of a hand, like we're talking no, like how many days are the weekend? Four. If you count Thursday, Friday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four spots per weekend times four weeks. You're talking, you know, uh, 16 spots per month. And there's thousands of comics who want those spots to work on new shit. Well, it takes a long time. You got to really set yourself out, out from herd to, to be able to have the bookers go, yeah, I'll give you that spot. And then just then you got to hope that the bookers there that night to see you do that spot, you know, because I'll tell you this right now, a lot of people don't really recognize this as young comics on their way up is that, um, when you're doing amateur shows, Tuesday, Wednesday nights at clubs, um, the audience knows they're there for an amateur show. So as much as they'll love your, your jokes, whatever their expectations are lowered and they've also paid a lot less for it. So getting up in front of a weekend crowd changes things because they've paid more money. Their expectations are higher, you know, and if you can impress them on that, that really shows growth and you need those, those club owners and bookers to see that. So they go, okay, that guy was solid. Let's have him here for an entire weekend doing those opening spots and see how he does consistently night after night. You know, another thing for up and coming comics, they don't get to perform night after night. They might get a spot one night and then a shitty open mic, you know, maybe a night or two later. You know, maybe they'll do three shitty rooms in a night, but it's not a, a, a packed comedy club. So being able to get up in front of comedy paying audiences night after night after night and, and being able to, you know, see how the, the, the jokes work out, whatever. I'm, I'm going on too long about it. All I'm trying to say is that these guys, Ed Gals in the competition, fantastic, fantastic acts for where they're at in their careers. Um, I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to be a part of, of the whole competition and just see the growth. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, being as supportive as I can. And you guys in the Toronto area, come see them. 
You know what I mean? Like you get to vote, you come to the show, you get to vote, you get to be a part of, of the growth of comedy and all of them will be better off for the experience. So there's five finalists. None of them will, will leave with, with, you know, even the ones that, that come in dead last, they're going to learn something from it. They're going to have the experience. It's going to make them stronger. So I'm really happy to, to see this very important competition that's happening for up and coming comics. And, uh, and I'm excited for them. So can't wait to do that. And then of course the following week I'm uh, headlining in Toronto. So, um, I want to say to the headliner for the, the competition, uh, while everyone's tallying votes and everything like that is, uh, is the very, very funny Mark Bennett. Super, super great dude. Um, I'll see if Mark's interested in recording a podcast. I'd love to sit down with him and just chat with him, but Mark's a great dude. And, um, yeah, second week, me headlining. Uh, Estimios Nasiopoulos is the M uh, MC. I did not sneeze or uh, get possessed by a devil speaking Latin. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Estimios' name. E, easy E. Um, and, uh, and Andrew Ivamy, super funny dude, is our feature act. So um, the second week's going to be fantastic too. All right, but having said that, guys, Absolute Comedy has clubs in Ottawa, Toronto, and Kingston. Um, listen, in the Ottawa area, I was, a, I was a judge for a lot of the shows. Uh, I saw a lot of the guys here. So I'm gone for the finals. I have friends, people that I, I think are absolutely fantastic in the finals in Ottawa. So the same thing's happening in Ottawa. Uh, you just won't see me hosting. So please, if you're in the Ottawa area, go see these comics. Go vote for them. Um, this is huge for them. So fucking huge. I'm so happy for them. I, 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 you know, like again, I got friends who are in it. I'm really just, I can't wait. I can't wait. But in the meantime, Absolute Comedy, Ottawa, Toronto, Kingston, three clubs, you want to see what good show, some good comedy, check out absolutecomedy.ca. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Oh, boo, 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 boo. Did I forget anybody? Did I forget anybody? I think that's all of them. Nah, my partner's at DK, right? Dorling Kindersley, guys. DK Books, dk.com slash CA in Canada, dk.com in the States. So this thing, everyone's probably like, why don't you just say dk.com in the States at a slash CA for Canada? No, no, because it's DK Canada that is my partners, all right? And I love them the most. Guys, this week, a book, it's called Be More Japan, all right, from the DK Eyewitness series. It's a travel book travel book, but it's so fucking cool. So here's the thing it's called be more Japan, the art of Japanese living. I want to say this. When I first saw this book, I thought it was more of a mindfulness thing uh, because of the Eastern philosophies and things like that, that I like. So I was like, uh, I'm like, I can't, I can't wait for this book. It's going to be so fucking cool. Um, and you know, and even said the art of Japanese living, I'm like, okay, this is going to be, again, I looked at it like it was more of a mindfulness book about Japan, but as soon as I got it, I saw the eyewitness uh, thing at the top. And I know that eyewitnesses DK's sort of travel series. Uh, they have amazing books. Like if you want to travel, if there's a place you want to go and you want to get the most bang for your buck, you got to hit up DK.com, uh, in the States dots or DK.com in the States slash CA in Canada at the end, um, or just Google DK books. But I'm telling you the eyewitness series is amazing. I'll give them all a plug right there, but this is one of those situations where well, as soon as I got the book, I'm like, shit, it's not what I thought it was going to be, but it's one of those pleasant surprises. 
Cause I, I was looking through this book and I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm actually glad it wasn't just that things, um, it wasn't just as simple as, you know, oh, well, here's some Japanese stuff and, you know, here's their, here's like some philosophy. He's like, no, this book is amazing. Um, there's some beautiful views of things. Uh, they show you the island and how it's broken down into all the segments of so the five main islands. And then of course the, the, in, the, the stuff beyond that, the introduction is fantastic. Okay. I'll give you just a little, just a little synopsis in the back of the book, a fascinating journey through the sight, sounds, quirks, and wisdom of Japan. Whether you're planning your first adventure or remembering a trip of a lifetime, be more Japan is a celebration of all things. Japanese, a voyage through this captivating country. Discover neon-drenched cities and windswept islands, ancient traditions, and startling mar- modernity. Modernity? modern itty. <laughs> Find out what makes Japanese culture unique, where to experience it for yourself, and how to absorb some of its wisdom along the way. This book is fucking beautiful, just like all of DK's books. But again, it's got a great introduction, a welcome to Japan. There's 127 million people living there, by the way. But it breaks down the five major islands, of course, Hokkaido, Honshu, Shikoku, Kyushu. I'm saying it fast so that way if I fuck it up, you don't really tell. I'm not trying to mock it. And Okinawa. Okinawa, very small. Uh, <laughs> that I didn't mean to do that, but you know what? There it is. But it is very small. Uh, I, just didn't, I just didn't put an apostrophe S on the end, and that's what makes it sound like mockery. But Okinawa is very small. Um, I'm looking at the black section here. Shows the kilometers and everything like that. It's super cool. Anyways, they, they, they break down the regions. Uh, there's relief and everything like that on them to give you an idea of what's what, you know, they got Nagasaki, Okinawa, uh, Nagano, right. Where the Olympics were. Um, it's super cool. They talk about spring. This is what I thought was really cool. Uh, they have a saying, which is, uh, the calls of Oni Wasoto Fuku Wauchi is devil get out and good luck come in. And that celebrates their, their new growths with all the, the blossoms and everything like that. It's, I, I'm going to flip through a quick, because I, I can actually fall all over this book for a while. So they go through the seasons in Japan and how it affects everything. Fucking pictures in this are breathtaking. I don't even know if they're called pagodas. I mean, I read it in here. There's different names for them, but like, like the, 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 the buildings and how close to the cities they are. Like you got, you got, you got pagodas and then, uh, the cities right not far from them. The, the, the trains with the frosted tree. Oh, it's gorgeous. And it spans a big anyways. They talk about etiquette. Okay. So like for chopsticks, money, shopping, bowling, shoes, bathrooms, let's find a fun one. So never point your chopsticks at another person, wave them in the air or use them to spear food. And you should <laughs> never wave them in the air. I, I think I've waved them, not waving them like fucking aircraft landing things, you know, like a, what do you call it? Air traffic directors, whatever. I just, but you know, like you're talking and you sort of like move your hands. I don't know if that's what they mean by wave them in the air. Um, and you should never leave your chopsticks sticking into a bowl of rice as this is reminiscent of funeral rituals. Interesting. You guys want another one? Let's go bathrooms. Uh, when you enter a bathroom in your house or ryokan, traditional inn, there will often be a pair of slippers at the door. Leave your own footwear, footwear outside and switch to these. If you bathe... Whether it's, uh, at a public bath or a hot spring, and then it's, and it's got a reference to page 208, cause I'll talk about that too. It is important to shower in the wet room on the stool provided before getting into the bath, which is exclusively for relaxing. So anyways, that's just, that's just an example of the etiquette. There's a bunch of them. They talk about the famous cats, right? The, me- um, I just want to say it right. I've still got my aligners in, by the way, that is fucking me up a little bit, but the, uh, the Maneki Nickel beckoning cat. 
It is thought to bring luck, happiness, wealth, and prosperity. These colorful felines with their smiley faces and raised paw will often greet you at the entrance of shops and restaurants. We see them in a lot of Asian restaurants in North America, but that's what the cat is. The cat is the Maneki Nickel, beckoning cat. That's what it's called. But there's all sorts of symbolisms. They talk about colors. This is fucking cool. Uh, the, the, the Akani, I think that's how you pronounce it. Akane, Akane, Akane it's spelled Akane, A-K-A-N-E. Um, this is a special shade of red used for shrines. It is said to grant protection from the evil and disaster and to increase the power of the spirits. So they got different colors at the hotel. You hear the different symbolism. I'm not going to read them all, but just a small examples. I'm barely into the book guys, barely into the fucking book. Um, and I've already skipped a bunch of shit I wanted to talk about, but they've got all sorts of different sections on essences, history, of course. Um, I want to pick, I got, I read through it. It was like, you can't remember everything. You get, it's one of these things you have to enjoy over and over again, which is why it's a great travel book. The whole idea is that you don't just read it and remember everything is when you're traveling. The eyewitness series is great for that because it's a lot of quick little ones. They've got the art section, right? Views of Japan where they show you all sorts of different things. Um, I wanted to, to get the name right. Ah, there's so many things here. I'm just going to sound like a fucking idiot, but they've got the cityscapes, which I think are absolutely beautiful, right? And they show you the different ones, Hiroshima, Kanazawa, uh, Matsuyama. There's all these pictures of these things are beautiful. They've even got manhole art. So on manhole covers, they put fucking art on them and, and there's pictures of it. I can't describe all of them. It'd take me forever, but that's. That in and of itself is amazing. They talk about rural Japan, right? So where you can see the mountains and things like that. Um, Mount Fuji is here. A beautiful image of Mount Fuji. Very, very iconic uh, mountain. Um, I want to get to some of, there was another section. So there's things here that I'm aware of. Um, I want to get to the Kawaii section. I'm just trying to find it here. Because again, I, I should probably start flagging these books, but I'm running into flags so fast. I use them for the bathroom readers. Buddhism, big section. Love it. Won't get into it because it's a little religious, but I love Buddhism. I love the philosophies and everything like that behind it. The temples, that is in here. And you can read about that. Fortunes and charms, very, very important. They do have seven lucky gods. Again, we don't really like to get into that stuff just because it sort of polarizes people sometimes, but it's great in here to learn it. If you so choose, where the fuck is the Kawaii? The Kawaii is like the culture of cute. I read that. I saw that in a documentary, right? The toys that made us, um, they've got the thing about the traditional home. So if you want to know about the doors and sliding things, the garden, the fucking gardens are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, that honestly makes me want to go to Japan. There's a section on bonsai trees, right? Cause that's very Japanese culturally. Doop, doop, doop. I want to see the Kawaii. Show me the Kawaii, Kawaii. Kawaii is like the culture of cute because before a long time in Japan, um, it was not, it was not okay to be like silly and cute, uh, or gammy section here. Just doesn't flip through again. I remember that in calligraphy, two amazing things. I got a whole book on, uh, what do you call it? Or And I want to start getting back into it. I've even got the paper and everything like that. Um, they're showing you the cutting edge of, uh, the engineering there, engineering marvels and big buildings and stuff like that, that the Tokyo sky tree is featured in here. It's very, very nice recycling plants. Um, I'm saying, just saying gadgets. I'm just saying what I'm passing by. And a lot of them, I, I like, I hesitate because I want to stop and tell you more, but I, it's just going to take forever. Uh, Astro boy, which I grew up with. Um, he was called Tetsuan Atomu in Japanese. Um, I recognize that guy 2014. I don't think that's him. I don't know. He looks, that looks older to me. I remember Abo, the dog. Remember the little, the little dog looked like Robocop. All right, you pass the goddamn gadgets. Video games, a big one. Dance Dance Revolution. I don't know why it's not featured here. Uh, <laughs> just joking. Soundscapes. Oh, come on. Get me to Kawaii. I just want to talk about that one. The toys that made us is great. Uh, Hello Kitty is a perfect example of the Kawaii stuff. Their styles, of course, contemporary arts. Oh, I love this book. There it is. Kawaii. The power of cute. 
All right, I'll hit you guys with this and then I'll fucking leave you alone. There's still so much more book. There's whiskey, right? The Japanese whiskey that's in here, tea ceremonies, just as I flip through. Um, uh, you know, all sorts of food, rice, noodles, sushi, sushi, uh, sushi and what was, the, what was the other word? Sushi and sashimi. That's okay. I was going to say it right. You can play the game Sushi Go. Uh, martial arts, of course, featured in here. Sports that they have. Um, Japan on screen, the districts. Oh, I love this book. I love this book so much. It is such a good book, guys. If you're interested, especially it's such a different culture. Anyways, I'm going to give you the kawaii shit. Of course, the pictures show like, uh, what do you call it? Um, well, it looks like it, like, uh, adventure time, not dementia time. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, little big planet guys. Looks like that. Um, but they got, they got Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty was one of the first kawaii things. So kawaii, the power of cute, the impact of the candy colored picture book aesthetic of kawaii on Japan's design industry is profound. The kawaii style has been applied to all kinds of products and images resulting in striking fashions and a universe of cute characters and mascots adorning practically everything from handbags to Shinkansen trains. Uh, the birth of kawaii as the popularity of manga at page 134, okay, manga's in here too, grew in the 1950s and 60s, young Japanese people began to embrace the exaggerated, cute style of the characters. The taste for these images fed through to consumer culture and resulted in the birth of the global queen of kawaii, Hello Kitty. There it is, yeah. The little white cat was designed by Yoku Shimizu in 1974. I think his name, I can't remember his name, Daddy, Daddy something or other. Um... Uh, to join the cast of characters decorating the fashion and lifestyle products of this uh, Sanrio. Yeah, San, Sanrio, sorry, company, which now includes five fan favorite characters such as Little Twin Stars, no idea, Brother and Disaster, Brother and Sister Duo, Disaster, and Guditama, an egg yolk. Sanrio's design and marketing are so amazingly successful that even a social media campaign using fictional high school boys to promote the company's products ended up with its own line of merchandise as well as a stage play, a manga, and an anime. Um, okay. I won't go any more into it, but, uh, yeah, the Sanrio thing was great. You can watch it in the toys that made us documentary on Netflix. Um, tells you a ton of the culture, uh, hello kitty. The reason her name is hello kitty. Her name is actually kitty white. Uh, it, does it say in here? Uh, no, it does not. I don't remember seeing it in here. There's so much shit. I couldn't remember it all, but, um, kitty white, uh, is her name, but they call her hello kitty because at the first thing that was ever made with her on it was a little, Coin purse, just like a little, you know, those little ones, the, the little metal things that clip, you know, over each other. Just a little coin purse. It had, it had Kitty's face on it and it just said hello over it. That's it. Just said hello. And it was a little bag, right? They're just making all sorts of merchandise, whatever. Well, it was incredibly popular, but they started to call her Hello Kitty. It said hello and then the kitty underneath. So her name is Kitty White. She's from London. She's not Japanese um, because at the time that they made her, right, when they started to popularize her and, and write stories about her and stuff like that, um, a lot of Japanese uh, girls all wish that they lived in uh, London in the, in the UK. So, um, you know, to make her, you know, admired and, and you know, people want to be like her. Um they, they made her from London. So she, she's London. She plays the piano. She's supposed to be a good, cute little, little kitty. Uh, J pop stars and shit are in here too. Whatnot. But yeah, be more Japan. Uh, like I said, it wasn't the book that I thought I thought it was gonna be all like philosophies and stuff. It was a pleasant surprise. Cause it's more than I could have possibly, uh, hoped for. I love this book. I totally, totally want to go to Japan. Now, I never really wanted to. Uh, now I totally want to go to fucking Japan. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. The pictures are amazing. Thank you, DK. Be more Japan, the art of living Japanese. And that's my sponsors, guys. Uh, coming up this week, well, I already told you about it. I'm going to be in Toronto. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be running my mouth, doing some jokes. Um, I'm really excited to tell you guys about uh, the halfway point when I do the next podcast with Red on Monday night of this coming week. So again, you guys will get it on Wednesday, but I will update you on how the you know how how is the meal plans going? If I stuck to it, have I been a good bitch? You know, um, I'll tell you how the gym shit's going. I will tell you about how the shows are going. I'll probably, you know what? I'll even tell you who won the competition. How about that? Um, both clubs. So, so stay tuned for that. I will give you your answers to the little brain teasers. If you even give a fuck, uh, from my partners at portablepress.com. So I'll give you the brain teasers on that one. And, uh, and I'll tell you what's going on. Cool. So listen, I hope you guys have a great week. Don't work too hard. Uh, chase your dreams at whatever pace you decide to. And, uh, I will chat with you guys again soon. Like a psycho